Hey everybody, it's Ron Weisberg with Film Things with Soul Studios. I'm here with Ashley Ward, my co-host, and the laughing, always laughing Matthew McDuffie, professor at UNM Screenwriting and Film. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Fine, thanks. Thanks for asking. You really do that every time? I do it every time, but moving on swiftly. Yes, please, we have time. So... This is awesome. We are so excited to be working with you, Matthew. Um, Ashley, you just interviewed him for your blog. Yeah, it was awesome. What did you learn? A lot about... Uh How could you not? Yeah, (laughs) about your experiences about writing, about what people should be making. and Yeah, it was really cool. I can't wait to uh, get it out. You guys can read it. Yeah, reading, listening, we've got all the things. Yeah. So we wanted to talk to you, Matthew, about NM Film, what mm-hmm. you're doing, where you came from, how you got started. You know, brief. I know Ashley went in, right, dug right, into right, your, right, your yeah. backstory, but tell us, like, what was the, uh, the inciting incident for you? Oh, wow. Nice terminology. <laughs> um, what was the inciting incident? Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, wow. So it's actually my first cinematic memory. Like, I was literally, how you know... I don't remember being taken there. All I remember is the desert and the drums. Yeah. But, um, no, I've just been like a little film nerd since I was a kid, you know, running home from wrestling practice to watch the Million Dollar Movie, and it's just just how I see the world. So it's it's been a long love affair. Nice. Yeah. A torrid love affair with Phil. Yeah, pretty much. And you were on Sunset Boulevard and a screenwriter in L.A., I, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. This, you're going to cut this part, but I remember when we first moved to L.A., and we had two suitcases and two typewriters, my wife and I, and it was Father's Day, and I called my father from a payphone um, on Sunset Boulevard, and I was like, Dad, I'm in Hollywood. <laughs> but he had Alzheimer's, so it didn't matter. He's so, like, huh? Yeah, yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. No, he said that before he got dementia. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Well, and then you, you just kept going. You were yeah, relentless in your yeah, pursuit. Yeah, that's the thing. And I, I was talking to Ashley. It's, it's just like I just I never stopped. And I, and I think a lot of people wonder, like, how, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you make it? How do you, how do, you know, do that? Yes. And, and the answer is, is that you just you have a white-hot conceit. You don't have to tell anybody about it, but you, you have to have that inside you. And you continue to create. You're also kind of wired that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people don't understand... Uh, creative types. My my parents certainly didn't. Um, in in that you just you wake up in the morning and it's, and it's just how you breathe and you can't breathe without doing something. Yeah. Um, so if you if you deny if you deny yourself that you feel like you're you're dying. Yes. So you and and it's like again there's so many voices in, um, that are telling you not to do this and you know it's like who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're still selfish, as my mother used to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you listen to those, you know, where, where will you be on your deathbed? Well, also, I think that whole selfish idea is a little backwards because if you don't have people in society following their passions, they're going to be bad to everyone else. Mm. Oh, I suppose so. It's like why we pay taxes. Well, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah well, that too. But, like, but you know, uh, I, you'll just have a bunch of unhappy people, and that's not helpful. <clears throat> no, it's not. But I think more than that, I, it's, it's like, I, I know I sound pretentious when I'm saying it, but it is the most important job in the world is to tell a story. Mm-hmm. 
stories have saved more lives than brain surgery and cancer research. They just honestly have. It's also what makes us human. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is this is us sitting around a fire 70,000 years ago. This is what we do. It's what is, separates yeah. us from monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Like they do have their yeah. version of stories, but yeah. it's just not near it's as every, advanced. Every spring when I'm up fixing my swamp cooler and I'm jerry-rigging it somehow with a stick or something, I'm like, hey, I'm like a chimpanzee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, NM film, above the line. Yeah. Um, l- let me just sort of clarify, because some people are sort of confused in terms of what above the line is. Yeah. Some people are throwing actors in there, and God bless actors. I love actors, and I worship <laughs> them. But um, the, technically, they're not part of above the line oh. unless you're a movie star. Right. And then as a movie star, it's just like above the line are the people that actually make the movie. Yeah. So the producer is number one. The producer, you know, you wondering, why does that guy get to or that girl get to pick up the Academy? Yeah. Is there a girl? That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, picking up an Academy Award, um, it's because they make the movie. So it's the producer, the writer, and the director. Actually, I should put that in the order that Hollywood puts in it. The producer, the director, and the writer. <laughs> um, and, and those are the people that actually make the movie. And then, um, you know, movie stars might be in there if, they have, if they're producing or if they're part of the package that gets the thing made. But, you know... No, no actor in New Mexico is above the line or, or, or would be, right. you know. Gene Hackman used to be, but you know, right. he's retired. I'm sad. Usually, it's an actor that's producing the. Yes, thing exactly, as well, right? exactly. And so, so it, it gets us to um, us making stuff, um, and, and and I know how you know. I probably even shouldn't say this, but it's like, yes, it's hard to be a producer, a writer, and director, but it's also hard to be a doctor. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So why would that be? Why would that be holding why would you that back? Stop yeah, us. Like, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be making things. Um, we have to become Atlanta. We have to become Vancouver. We have to create product. Um, and to do that, we have to do it first badly, but we have to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that Hollywood, the Netflix and the NBC Universals of the world, have to figure out or see that we can do this, that we are cranking stuff out, that we're not waiting for them to give us the job, that, you know, it's like we're creating our own short content, you know, new media. We're creating movies. We're, you know, and it's not, I mean, it's expensive, but, you know, not as expensive as it used to be, and, and especially short-form new media. We can Absolutely. be cranking this stuff out. Yeah. But it has to be of good quality. And, and, you know, I teach at the University of New Mexico, and I adore my students, but, you know, we can't be making student films. You know, student films aren't going to, you know, gather attention unless, right. of course, they sort of transcend that sort of, hey, look what I made in my backyard kind of quality mm-hmm. and are, are something that's unique and, and, and of high quality. Um, the, the, the paradigm or, the, or what am I trying to say, the, the example that I use, because that's a better word than paradigm, um, is high maintenance which is a show on HBO about yeah. a guy that delivers weed. Um, I mean, it was just they, they, the couple got together and they were pitching ideas and, and they started shooting it. And Vimeo, pay, it was the first series that Vimeo ever paid for. And then HBO kicked it up, uh, picked it up. Um, but it's just like, it's, it's a, it, you know, this guy knocks on the door, delivers weed, and then a checkoff play happens. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, what a great engine for, for story. Mm-hmm. So we need to be finding those kind of things that sort of create really you know, great stories. I think that's really how we can separate ourselves from, from other communities and even just like from film schools, from AFI and USC. They certainly have the money, um, the backing, and you know, the, the networking. But if we focus on story, 
Uh, everybody can make a movie look good these days. You know, the mm -hmm. cameras are great and technology. Yeah, technology is mm -hmm. incredible. But it's the story that matters, and it, right. you know that's when people talk about IP and they talk about content. They're talking about you know story. Mm -hmm. They're not talking about the quality of the picture. Right. Mm -hmm. That 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 is teachable. Right. Story, and here this is from the screenwriting instructor at the University of New Mexico. Story is a different matter. I mean, you can you can try to pound it in, and you can try to help people understand Aristotelian structure and get them to read Story by Robert McKee, but you know, the doing of it takes years and years and years of practice. It's the same with acting, really. I mean, obviously there's some freaks of nature that are just, like, really good out of the blocks, but mm -hmm. I think for... But it for, yeah, probably comes from a lot of that life experience stuff. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes, but, I mean, it's, I, you know, the, I tell my 20-year-old students, I said, you've lived long enough. Yeah. I'm not telling them to go off and die. I'm telling them, to like, you've lived long enough. You've, you know, especially if you're in a writer's room, mm -hmm. you're, you're there because life has been... Interesting, to mm -hmm. say the least, if not challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're not there because it's this is a requirement. You're there because something compelled you to come into a creative classroom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're 20 years old, you've had enough heartbreak. Yeah. You just have. You've if you've been through high school, you got plenty to write about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, going off these challenges in screenwriting, what are some of the most like common challenges that people face that you think maybe they don't even realize? In terms of like, the doing of it or what? Yeah, like the, the students you've come across, is that one of the main ones where they feel like they don't know what to write? Yeah, or? I mean, I don't know. Part of that might be projection in terms of like when I was their age, when I was their age, mm -hmm. um, I just, I, w I, I had a, com a creative compulsion. I didn't know if I was going to be a painter or an actor or writer. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just was like, I have to do, I have to make. If, if there was a cave wall, I was going to draw, you know, a, a wildebeest on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't tell, I can't read their minds and understand where their, you know, um, where their, what their voice is. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like, um, I feel like a cheerleader is that's, that's my job is to, is to cheer them into, um, accepting that voice that says I must do, mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and negate the voices that say don't and who do you think you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that seems like a sort of narrow approach to teaching, but it's like, I, I just feel like that I can excel at. I, I do, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I try to teach them structure. I try to teach them the algorithm of emotion, um, how to create a scene, how to create a moment. But, you know, I think the hard part is, is getting them to like, what do I do now? Like, because mm -hmm. they're like, I, I'm, I teach the, the BFA students who are, you know, they're producing movies and they're like, what do I do when I'm finished? What do I and they're like, all do a new one? No, exactly, and that's and that's the thing is like is like well go find you find your group, find somebody that loves camera, somebody loves producing, somebody loves directing, find some actors and make stuff and make stuff every weekend, mm -hmm. and and you know you'll get better at it and you'll get yeah. better at it and just don't stop. I think the one of the things that we talked about when we first started um, you know collaborating was that. Your one of your main goals, and and I agreed, is like to to uh, you know run away from mediocrity as much as possible. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and um, I know that yeah, that's yeah, hard yeah. to Yo, do. Boy, is it hard to do? Because it's like yeah. it's interesting when you. I think it's most terrifying, like when you watch a film that's mediocre, and you go, "Oh, why isn't this not working?" Mm -hmm. And it's like terrible because when you're into something, you're like, "This is great," and you you you're in the moment and and. Creativity is creativity, whether it's great or it sucks. Mm -hmm. So don't deny that. And I think that's probably 
more to what I'm speaking of here. I want people to excel. I want work to get better. But work gets work and doing makes doing and you will get better. The more you do, the less mediocre, mediocre it gets. Yeah, yeah same yeah. with writing. Writing is rewriting. Right? Yes, exactly, exactly. But it's, it's like... It's, it's the perfectionism, and I'm sort of a perfectionist, but it's like you can't let that stop you. you know, oh, I you know. Can't, you can't, it's like well, this isn't going to be good. Just typing fade in interior saloon morning yeah. is, is like, oh, my God, no, what do I do that? Because you are pulling it out of the firmament. You're pulling it out of the ether. Mm-hmm. How you make something, you know, I, I'm jealous of people that, that like maybe are, are – and it sounds stupid. Like if you're a sculptor or something, it's like, well, there's a piece of wood, and at least it's a piece of wood or a piece of of, of marble, and you can look and say, hey, I think there's David inside. It's tangible. There. It's tangible. And and creating human beings, and I mean that in the most profound sense, creating human beings and putting them in a story is a sacred and what homerically difficult thing to do because they don't exist before you think them up. That's yeah. incredible. That blank page isn't just a blank page. Yeah. It's a blank universe. It's, every, it's every, a lot of responsibility. Lot of, <laughs> and that's where that empathy comes in. I think yes. with most art is that you have to be able to put yourself in someone's shoes, not just as an actor, but right. especially as a writer. Because yeah, yeah. you're getting inside that person's head. Yes. You're, depending and on and that's the cool part, and that's why I will never get bored of, with this, is because it, it is acting. It is directing. It yeah. is painting. It is every art form that I sort of aspired to but didn't quite succeed in but like every time I create a scene I'm responsible for the art direction which is like Mm -hmm. wow this is cool Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for how that actor enters into the scene I'm responsible for their humanity Mm -hmm. so I better know that and I you know I spend a lot of time with my students talking about just basic acting stuff in terms of like what are the given circumstances who is who's this person how do they enter the scene how does that affect you know the other person and then how that person how that how the screenwriting technique and the acting technique are the exact oh, same. Oh, absolutely the same. Yeah. Because so I do a, a workshop with um, Kathy Brink, local casting yeah. director, um, and it's um, acting as storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's like breaking down a script. Even when you get those, forgive me, those lousy sides that we often get here, which are, you know, would you like fries with that? Oh, I've got a one-liner today. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so how to, but it's your responsibility to find the story, to find the human in that. Mm-hmm. That's not just a line of dialogue. That's a human being that's entering into a scene that has to say this what what happened to you not just a moment before but who are you because you know there's a common tale of experience that comes into the scene with you saying would you like fries with that right you know you know the rest of the world might not be aware of it yeah but it is your responsibility as an artist to honor that to create a life yes yeah and um so you're here at unm and can you sort of give us a description of like how the program at UNM, the film program, started and how it's evolved? Yes, um, the program has been around for over twenty years, but has been mostly um, film theory, criticism, and experimental film, which is beautiful. But in the last three years, we absorbed uh, a program which was called IFDM. That um, it started, oh gosh, more than a decade ago with uh, Governor Richardson and. Um, Sony had some money in and the downturn hit and so the program sort of um, faltered because it couldn't quite find its voice, couldn't quite find what it was trying to do. So in the last three years, we have become, uh, we've focused more on production. So now we have a solid BFA production program 
um, with a, a capstone project. So each, you know, students have to create their own films. And last year we created, uh, what was it, 14 wow. films nice. and a fashion show, which was killer. And do it down <laughs> at, at the chemo every year. And it's just, oh, my God. It was, like, it was incredible. That's so, incredible. um you know, we, now we have cinematography. Now we teach directing. Now we teach, you know, production on all levels. That's so um, cool. Yes, and it's and it's it's really great. And the students are just, if I may, I'm sort of like like. Well, it is bragging. Um, there are three programs at the University of Mexico that are growing: engineering, nursing, and film. We're, We're high fiving. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sound of a high five. Uh, a yeah. coronavirus <laughs> high five. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so it's like you know. The thing of it is, is like, you know, you can have a career in film now, mm. whereas you couldn't only five years ago, which pretty is wild. Which is pretty wild, isn't it? It's you wild. Know? And you think about like it, in New Mexico, there's oil and gas and there's film. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's it. Right. So you know, why not come here? Why not be here? Why not stay here? Why not make stuff and make sure that we get noticed? Yeah. It's amazing yeah. what we have here is so. It's such a perfect storm yeah. of like, oh, there's so much opportunity mm-hmm. and it's so easy to live here. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like if people that. really knew, they would yeah, be moving sh- here in droves. Sh- 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 no one listens to this. <laughs> 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 Those who do already live here. Yeah. They, they only people that listen to this right. live here. Yeah. I was doing another interview. I was talking about how much it costs to, to go to AFI, and it's like $250,000, and I'm sure somebody will call up and say it's not. But it's like, it's a, what was it? It was 90000 for the first year, 92000 for the second year. And to add on that, too. Right, right. Oh but the average cost of a one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles is $2,800 yeah, for a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. You, you don't have to add that on there? I've, I've, That's why I'm going to live in my van. Yeah. yeah, I've had friends that have paid, uh, you know, those bunk beds. They have yeah. the four bunk uh, the bunks, mm-hmm. $1,000 for a bunk. And for maybe bunk. they're getting ripped off. Maybe it was just a one-off yeah. thing because yeah. I haven't lived there to the compare. But <laughs> I have heard a lot yeah. of high prices like We were that. digging around in our stuff. We were, we were clearing out the garage yesterday, and, and we found our, our receipt from our first month's rent in Los Angeles. Okay. And it was $450. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it is. <laughs> yeah, Back I'm then, sure. that probably yeah, would yeah, be. Yeah, sure. yeah. So we've got to basically, you know, push NM film. What's yeah. it going to take yeah. to push in a film from now or from this point? Because you've already been doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's back to doing. Um, this was, I mean, it was interesting because I, 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 I told you before, I started off as an actor and I found it very frustrating. I didn't have the discipline to sort of like to spend the kind of time that it takes to really be an actor because it felt like I was just waiting for the audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you can be just an actor anymore or just a writer anymore or any, you have to you have to be making your own stuff yeah. um, and not simply because I mean like this this class that I'm going to teach for you guys which is a three minute um, storytelling class mm-hmm. it's like a production thing for for actors or for writers if you want like good footage for you on, on your reel you're probably not going to get it with back to that. Would you like fries with that? It's like ten takes of you saying, "Right, would you a like reel of you being a yeah, really exactly. insignificant." Exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, the third prostitute on the left, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, which I remember seeing in a movie. Every third western, oh, every western yeah. has a third yeah, prostitute. Oh, look at her go. So, <laughs> oh, you were so good. I'm so proud. Yeah, um, yeah your mom. So, I so you, this honey. is this is this is a great opportunity for actors to create. Lead roles for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Immediately, yeah, yeah. You get yes. to be Ana Magnani, which is a reference that no one's going to know because I was 
I, I brought up Marlon Brando in one of my classes the other day, and five out of 30 knew who Marlon Brando oh, was. Oh, wow. Why would they? It's the 21st century. I guess you're right. So, anyway. He's just so, the best so actor of it's, our It's the building. Time. It's the making. It's the doing. It's it's yeah. us getting out there and, and letting, you know, Netflix doesn't give a flying rolling donut about us. They're not. They're a big business. They don't have to. Mm-hmm. We're we're a factory, and we'll you know we'll use your crews, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But unless you you know play Horton, here's a who, and you go, we are here, we are here, we are here. Mm-hmm. Nothing will happen. We you have to be our own Netflix. We have to yeah. be yes. We have to be proactive. We have to create our own production companies that are making quality things. Exactly. And you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but uh, no, I don't. Cream rises. You know what I mean? So there will be a lot of crap that's made, and that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was, I was talking to you about that Andy Warhol quote about, like, right. don't, don't worry if it's art or not. Exactly. Just make more stuff. Exactly. Let somebody else worry about whether it's art or not. Just go back and make more stuff. Yeah. And, and that's what we need to do as opposed to waiting for the phone to ring and for that audition. I've got an audition next month. Yeah, that's not enough. It's holding on to one thing. Yeah, and exactly. Same with writing. Yeah, if you yeah. become too perfectionistic, you're never yeah. going to get anything out yeah. and create anything. I mean, it's one of my pet peeves in terms of of, and I'm, I'm, this is great. That I'm putting out on a podcast. People will say to me, "I wrote a screenplay," mm-hmm. and and I'm and I will honestly say, oh, "That's great, fantastic." Yeah. But my thought balloon is always, "Great, write another." Mm. And there, you know, I've, I've known people that was like, "I'm still, I've got this screenplay that I wrote ten years ago." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What? You should have written twenty by now." Mm. Right. You you need to be you know cranking this stuff, and I'm sort of like I I'm I'm always flagellating because I think I'm I'm lazy. My wife is like, what? Mm-hmm. You're always cranking stuff, and I do, and I'm sort of I, I have a reputation as being you know fecund as it were, which is a fancy word, isn't it? What um, does it mean? Fertile. <laughs> 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 like I make a lot of stuff, <laughs> but I but I feel like because I I spend a lot of time being the poet at the picnic, just walking around pretending like the poet know, at the picnic. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I, Can we I'm, make that movie? Yes, I actually. Yes. Oh, that's right. That was the title. I used that before, and nobody bought that script. But oh, anyway. that's great. Um, it's, a but it's a great film. title. <laughs> yeah, it's a great <laughs> title. Um, so yeah, it's it's like you know, I I do a lot of like wandering around the backyard and you know drifting off, and you know my wife will say something to me, and she'll have to say it three times, and, and then she'll say, "Are you working?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> oh, I guess so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the program is is kind of fascinating because it's uh, we've never done it before. I don't think anybody's ever. We don't have a template for this thing, but it's all about us just creating as mm-hmm. actors and writers and, mm-hmm. and, and training ourselves to just do like you're talking right, about. Right, right, right. Yes, and that's what this class is going to be. We'll start off knowing what a story is, knowing what a scene is, knowing what a moment is. And then I, I, t- I talk a lot about fractals, which is self-imitation in nature, that the, the size of a, of a giant, you know, um, Game of Thrones is the same structure as like the tiniest moment that that an actor will play. Mm-hmm. So these scenes that we'll be creating, the one, two, three page scenes at the most, are things that will will have structure, will have shape, will get to a moment of discovery and emotion. Um, so everything that they're going to be designing and shooting will be like a story in miniature, right? Yeah. So so it won't simply be some sort of you know you emoting for two minutes yeah. it will be there will be a story mm-hmm. and we will shoot it cinematically yeah 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 and we are going to bring on um, people to help us shoot so Ex- yeah. so and we've got equipment right so no, it, and I'll be walking through and like how to how to you know how to get coverage which is a basic sort of thing yeah. but it's like 
one sort of forgets that you have to learn how to how to get basic coverage. And I love the way you um, teach from your screenwriting and directing perspective because you go through the script and you're like, oh, this is where you'll get the close up. Right. Yeah, you I know mean, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You see, the, oh, this is the, I, I, this is the mo- moment where, of the emotional discovery. We need a close-up right there. Right. You know. I, yeah, it's a sweeping generalization. But, yeah, it's like <laughs> when you watch a movie, it's like, you know, you know this, this person has just been betrayed. Where do you want the camera? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right in their face. Oh, yeah. and you write that in. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, well you know, you don't say close up. Well, you used to say close up on screenplay, but now you don't. Yeah. But it's like if you're getting to like just the shape of the wave of every scene, right? Yeah, just like yeah. maximum tension. Where do you if if like I'm you know if I'm telling you that I want a divorce, mm-hmm. wh- where's the camera going to be? Yeah. On it's your gonna, feet. Yeah. It's not going to be at the house plant. It's not going to be some wide thing. I want to be there to know what that. What your reaction is? Yeah. And Actually, I'm divorcing you. Yeah. Where do you want the? Yeah. Your eyes well, just I, lit up. Uh, yeah. Well, I like that. Um, being able to write, you know, the camera notes and all that stuff in mm-hmm. there. When I was studying screenwriting, they were very adamant about don't step on the director's toes. Right. And, no. And, and that's what I'm saying. We don't use close-ups anymore. Okay, we don't yeah. do that. But you're still structuring it in such a way that yeah. it's like it's how you describe th- the moment. Yeah, right. Exactly. But you just have even if it just says beat in the corner, it's like you know you're thinking about creating. It's this way. Whether the director is smart enough to understand um, what you're doing, you are manipulating the first person that reads your script. Yeah. You're sort of, they're looking at this and they're, they're, they're being seduced into how to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you as a screenwriter, have to know what you're doing. You're not writing it at some sort of savant going, this is genius. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're, it is puzzle making and you have to know what you're doing and know how you're, you're, you're well, creating the emotions that you You have to do. write in images and so you right. can direct the director by saying, uh, you know, you don't have to say close up, but you're like, the eyes. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't have to say that. Know, it's just like, it's you know like, what I mean? it's go like, back to this. Yeah. Ashley, I'm, yeah. You know, I want a divorce. I'm in love with someone else. Yeah. Ouch. But it's like it's like that pause. Yeah. Like if I if I just went over to the side of the of, of the and said, yeah, <laughs> a moment, yes. a pause, a beat, beat. Yeah, exactly. And then whatever you write, you know, if, if I say beat, it's like, oh, we're we're not him. doing anything right now. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, we're on them close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but but yeah, you guide the reader, you totally. guide the director, you know, and like you yeah. said, if they're smart, right. they're like, oh, okay, this right. is what the, where yeah, the yeah. camera is. But even like like something, did you see Manchester by the Sea? Um, Oh my God, it was amazing. That last scene, or the last or the penultimate scene between Michelle Williams and, and uh, Casey Affleck, and it's written in all this dual dialogue sort of stuff. It's sort of they're just, it's just, when you look at it on the page, it's 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 so. It's so broken and, and just it's filled with longing and just, mm. you know, it's just it's an open wound on the page. And part of it is because the dialogue is written side by side. Yeah. And, and you're sort of like these people, they're not simply talking over one another. It's just that they don't want to hear mm. what the other one has to say because every time they say something, it's, an, it's, it's another lash of the whip. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you can look at a page and graphically feel something, mm. that's, that's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll be talking about that stuff. But what we're really talking about is, is for actors to understand or, or writers to come in and understand what a story's job is. Mm-hmm. And a, a story's job is simply to make you feel something. Exactly. That's it. Whether you want to make them feel happy or sad or anything in between, 
that's the only job. That's what art is. You know? Yes, yeah, forms of art. exactly. Even even ones that are like, because yes. I love painting. Yes. And and even like an abstract, I look at, at like a, a Deben corner or de Kooning and I go, I, I can't explain the emotions, but I can stand in front of one of those paintings for, for yeah. a yeah. long time yeah. and feel something. Yeah. That's its job. You're it's better beautiful. walking away being like, that really pissed me off instead of, eh, it was okay. Yeah. You know, no, you, like, you go through a museum and, yeah. and, you, you, and you, like, you pass the ones and you go, I, I, I feel nothing. Yeah. And, you, and because you're feeling nothing, it's like sort of says something. But the ones you stop are the ones that make yeah, you feel, even if you don't know what that emotion is. Exactly. Right. right. But film is different because film has to be accessible. Mm-hmm. Film it's is clear. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, again, it's the world's most expensive art form. So you better pull as many people into the story as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be pushing away, pushing people away with your genius. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like, it's, like, you know, it's a relationship. Yeah. And you want as many people to like you as possible. And that doesn't mean you have to be um, um, condescending or pandering yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about it like a relationship with a child. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to hold their hand. It doesn't mean you're talking down to your child when you hold their hand when they cross the street. Yeah, exactly. Right. It means you love them. Yeah. And it means, like, trust me. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to walk down a dark alley. <laughs> but, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> so. so, okay, so we've got a six-week program mm-hmm. where you're going to take us through um, the script and, and, and pre-production, mm-hmm. and then we're going to shoot all of right. our short films. Mm-hmm. It's going to be such a it's gonna fantastic... It's going to be <laughs> But it's going to be a fantastic... Uh, yeah, yeah process. Well, I hope, you know what, I really, and I'm just thinking this now, I hope it's a crucible for the rest of what we're going to do yeah. in, in New Mexico. Yeah, it's it is. Li- literally, like, this is this is the, if we can consider this the starting point. Yeah. I love planting seeds, and this I don't mean anything other than yeah. in a sort of horticultural way of, of getting people to create and getting them to tell Absolutely. Their story. And you know what, um, Chris and I are working more closely now with New Mexico Film Foundation and working on Above the Line, and when you know, we're going to talk more about this with you, and and I'm, I've got some ideas about how we can really pull the whole community together mm-hmm. um, and, and really start creating stuff here on a bigger level, yeah. uh, more, more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just get ready, everyone, because we're coming for you, <laughs> okay? We're going to make you write stuff, and we're going to make you film stories. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if, if <laughs> you pop got, out of nowhere, yeah, yeah. be like, "Hey, you, get over here, write this." Oh. So, thank you so much, Matthew. It's such, a, yeah, so great talking to you um, here at UNM. You know, you're doing such great things, and and we're super uh, excited to work with you. Honored, really. Aw, yeah, thanks. And um, I'm not going to give out your information. If you want to ask McDuffie any questions, just email us at info at soulacting.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and we will relay. We'll be your yeah. middleman. Um, Check out Ron's website. <laughs> and the blog. Yeah, and, the blog. And, and Ashley's blog also on our website, soulacting.com, and also the podcast under our media section. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff, but right now I really want everybody to realize how important this three-minute production lab is with Matthew McDuffie. It is like, uh, you know, such a treat. We're so lucky to be in New Mexico making movies. You it's a good time to be alive. It's a and great it's time despite to be everything. alive. Yeah, it despite the, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we're like in the eye of the storm of corona. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're good. Let's make movies. <laughs> All right, so from everyone here at UNM, Ashley. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Yeah. Y'all have a great writing week. <laughs>